0: It's great to have you here this morning, great to be worshiping with you. Man, you should have seen this place with almost 600 kids in here, lit up, worshiping like crazy. In fact, singing some of the songs we sang this morning, and uh, just a blast to be a part of that. Um, still chokes me up a bit, just thinking through the number of kids that got fired up for Christ and the number of leaders getting fired up with them, just a huge experience this past week and uh, awesome to see what he's doing. Man, we just got done singing a song here that is all about Christ and his work for us. And uh, have you ever just stopped and thought, so what's the plan? Like, what's it supposed to look like, God? How do we unfold this so that you can be glorified to the utmost? What's that look like? And here's the good news. He's given us the plan And uh, we've got clarity in his word, and we can walk through it to see what his plan is. You know, he rallies together, those called the church, the called out ones. And as we rally together, we're to organize with one voice to praise his name. And all of God's people said, uh, but God's got a plan in that. It's not like just rally them together, we'll see what happens. And uh, good luck with that one. And uh, it's, there's actually some structure to it and some approach to it. So what we're going to look at today is a little bit of God's thought and structure, his governing structure to the church, all right? And how we can go after rallying together as one body to make him famous. So do this with me. Turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1, Acts 6. We've got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Just raise your hand if you need a Bible, they'll get one to you there. And uh, just be patient, they'll get to you. A couple of things we're going to look at specifically with the title of deacon today. All right? Deacon. There's actually two main leader roles within the church that are mentioned, elder and deacon. And today we're going to look very specifically at deacons. So here we go, first point. Deacons lead by serving. This is a term we say around harvest, okay? Deacons lead by serving. Elders serve by leading. There's some decisions that are made and some leadership that's put down with the eldership position. And uh, there's a group of seven guys that rally together for that on a uh, every other week basis, thereabouts right now on Wednesday nights. But deacons, that's a different crew of guys that are rallying to make things happen around here. They lead by serving. Huge with their hands, getting things done, making sure that uh, things are taken care of well around here as they love on this body. And a deacons lead by serving. Where did that come from, this whole deacon concept? That's why I had us turn to Acts chapter 6 real quick. We'll move to another passage in just a second, but I wanted you to see the unfolding of deaconship here. It starts in verse 1. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So we're a few chapters into Acts. The church is being established. Some great things are happening. In fact, it says in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, man, I'm telling you, the church was exploding. There were thousands saved on day one. Right, And as the Holy Spirit comes down on them and thousands are saved, now they're spreading back out, going to their homes and speaking more of Christ. And it's amazing how they're coming by the droves, by the hundreds, as they're learning more about Jesus Christ and worshiping Him. The church was increasing rapidly. Man, I would have loved to have been there to be able to see that, to experience this transition from hopelessness to all-out passion for Jesus Christ And uh, they went after it, numbers increasing. It says, uh, as the numbers increased, a complaint came. Uh, That's not a shock, right? (laughs) Hey, let's put thousands of people together and see what happens. And a complaint came. And uh, that's kind of how it comes down. As they work together, they're still working through things. They're just being real. We got human beings side by side. And so some issues popped up. And this issue specifically Uh, came by the Hellenists, that's the Greeks, the ones living in Rome in that area. They arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So these Greeks that had come from the Roman area, they had rallied together. They're like one now, man. They're declaring this oneness in the church, and it's awesome. And one God and one body. And how come you didn't get food to my mom, who's hurting and struggling as a widow, What's up with that? And how come his mom dead? And his and his and, hey, they're all Jewish. I think there's a little bit of bigotry going on. I have a complaint, sir. That's kind of how it all rolled out. As they, on a daily basis, were trying to take care of those who did not have husbands or family to be able to care for them in an extended way, they started noticing that there was a daily distribution inequity, and unfairness, That was happening. And uh, just so you know, it wasn't a bigotry. We'll see that roll out in just a second as they explain the solution. But they were not getting to the Greek widows like they were to the Jewish widows, and they weren't being able to take care of the body in balance. And everybody say that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. The complaint was legitimate. And uh, it says, and the 12, these are the apostles, summoned the full number of the disciples. Like they got the whole church together, man. All right, get everybody here. Full number. Let's talk this thing out. They said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the Word of God in order to serve tables. I want you to hear me on this. This was not a statement of lesser roles, this is a statement of Are you seeing this church growing? It's because we are proclaiming the authority of God's word, and it is because we are praying passionately, and God's blessing this place mightily. We're not going to stop that, man. The recipe is unbelievable as we just put God first. That's got to continue. But the tables still need to be served, and we can't do both. We have to make a choice, so we're not going to stop preaching and praying. We're going to stay hooked on that. We're going to need these tables covered. Therefore, and when we see the therefore, we say, right, hey, man, we've got a problem and we need to continue with what we're doing and we can't spread it out. So therefore, hey, we've got a solution, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. He's like, do me a favor, rally together some names of some guys you trust in, some guys you're seeing the Holy Spirit working powerfully in. And let's do some condoning together on this. We'll work together. In the end, as apostles, we will lay hands on, as basically elders of that church, we will lay hands on and install these guys. But we need to hear from you. And so uh, in the beginnings of getting after it, they rallied together, those who were serving well. Just so you know, that's always a good plan when you're raising someone up to make sure that they're already in a position working hard, working well, and seeing God bless in it. We're gonna see that come out in a little bit in point number two. and uh, So they're looking for uh, men full of the spirit and of wisdom who we will appoint. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This is gonna be a tag team effort as we now consider the physical needs of this church. And so we're gonna make disciples. Yes, by lifting up the word, Yes, by proclaiming the authority of our king. Yes, by praying with all we've got. And yes, by caring for needs physically and keeping this thing running wisely. That's the plan they came after. And uh, this is the first deacons being installed. The first choice of men who were going to be able to help lead in the midst. It says, and uh, what they said pleased the whole gathering. Everybody say, that's unusual, right? He's talking to the entire crew, and every single person was like, good plan, okay? And not one person was like, oh, wait, I have a different thought, and uh, they moved through it top to bottom, the apostles with an idea, and the whole community rallying with and saying, sounds awesome to us, let's do this thing, and so they chose some guys with some really cool baby names for you, and here we go. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and uh, here we go, and Procurus, oh, that's an awesome one, right? Hey, come over here, Pro. I don't know what nickname you give him, but Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Everybody check this, that means not a Jew, right? Greeks in here as well as Jews that are coming to trust Christ as Savior and and uh, yes a proselyte who's now trusted Christ from Antioch these they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid hands on them so we now have eldership through the apostles and deaconship as these seven men are called out and a huge choice by the way always interesting when God gets involved He loves the number seven doesn't He and. Uh, not sure what that's all about, and, and uh, God can explain more of that to us in, in due time, right? We've got eternity to learn from him, and, uh, but seven here again, and the word of God continued to increase. How do you know that you're following after God well? Because he just keeps pouring it on, and, and as you're lifting up his name, the place is erupting with his glory and his favor, and uh, Yeah, he's got the word of God continuing to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, okay? So we've got the Greeks and the Hebrews rallying together in Jerusalem, agreeing that Jesus Christ is to be glorified by the droves they're coming together. They have physical problems. They rallied around that. They get some men to represent. They now have a team of guys who are preaching and praying and caring physically, and Are you hearing the structure of the church come together? And uh, this is a lot of what we go after even right here at Harvest Bible Chapel, the structure of eldership and deaconship and being able to care for the physical needs. And it says, And the word of God continued to increase. The number of the disciples multiplied greatly, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, we missed the drop right there. So this is one of those mind-blowing moments as Pharisees and priests are coming to trust Christ. This is supposed to be that jaw-dropping moment where you get the, whoa. All right, everybody just try it with me. We say what? All right, get ready. Here we go again. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. You're starting to catch a little of what's going on, man. By the thousands upon thousands, people being saved, Christ being glorified, structure being put in place, priests coming to trust in him, and our king will be honored. Amen? And that's what it's all about. And uh, so deacons, man, they're called together to serve, and they lead the church in their serving. And uh, I just want to tell you, uh, we have a ton of strong volunteers in this church. We've got some great deacons in this church And uh, I just wrote some words down here. Uh, Hours. They put some serious hours in. Focus. Focused on the area they're called to work in. Selflessness. And uh, here's a good one for the parking team. Weather. (laughs) Regardless of the weather, man, ready to rock and ready to take it on. And our deacons know what it is to take their task, be prepared, and get after it. And just so you know, we have a few deacons around here. I'll give you the quick titlings or structures. We have a finance deacon responsible for tracking some of our budgeting, the giving that comes in, the bills that go out, just making sure that on a regular basis, and then especially at the end of year, on an annual basis, we've got everything managed and tracked well. Uh, We actually get those things back to a bank as well, so we've got some extreme skill set in that area. Love what God's given us in the area of finance around here. It's amazing. Uh, Benevolence. Uh, We've got a team of people led by uh, one of our deacons, Steve Sturhan, and uh, just working with the tough needs around here. Working with the hearts, being able to shepherd, being able to help with budgeting, praying through things, working with families in the midst of some tough struggles, and we've got some benevolence that goes on with it. A medical team, caring for the physical needs, the body needs, lit- literal physical body needs, whether it be on a Sunday morning or even, you know, throughout a week like at VBS, right? We've got teams of people caring for the physical, and especially here on Sunday mornings as we rally together. Uh, may God protect in the midst, but we've got a team ready, uh, and let's see what God does in the midst of all that. We've got a medical team, and that's Jeff Klaffenstein, and hospitality, uh, the ushers, and the greeters, and the welcome center, and then communion, and baptism, and caring for those pieces. Did you know greeters don't just randomly show up and decide to open a door and shake hands? Like, it's getting organized, man. We've got guys who know what's going on, and they're praying through it, and going after it, and the and, uh, same with all our ushers and the rest there, and And uh, here's one you love, cafe. Getting ready for the hot coffee to be ready every week. And uh, yeah, we've got somebody that's making sure that's happening every single week, that there is something to wake you up in the morning. And uh, parking team. And uh, one of our most obvious ones in the midst of all the weather issues we've had. You know, we sat down and talked originally when we were designing the building, and it had literally snowed on like two Sundays ever for us. And uh, then we designed the building, And then like every Sunday, it snowed and rained. It's amazing how we get some kind of weather and our parking team in the midst of that, managing the parking lot, managing you guys, keeping things safe, keeping things moving as fast as possible and love what God's doing with that team and we're always continuing to uh, perfect in that area. Love the teams that we have going on. Man, our guys lay it on the line, okay? And there's some physical stuff taking place, but please hear me, that doesn't separate them from the big plan, which is to make disciples. None of it goes down without volunteers rallying together with these deacons to make sure we all together are launching this church for Christ and his glory. That's what it looks like, all right? So here's uh, two simple application questions for you. Number one, would you pray for our our deacons as they're helping make disciples in this church? Pray for them. Uh, This is a lead role. It's a responsibility role, and there's a lot to it. And make sure that you're lifting them up. And then number two, so what does it look like for you to take that next step in going after serving your king with all you've got? And I'll just reuse the words here, with ours and uh, with focus and selflessness, regardless of the weather, going after it. What's it look like for you to take the next step in serving your God at this place? Come join us as we make much of our king. All right? And so deacons lead by serving. That's Acts chapter 6. Now do me a favor. Let's just turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy 3. It's to your right, a little few books there. Good to hear the pages turning. I'll hang on. 1 Timothy 3, starting in verse 8. Okay, point number two, deacons must meet specific God-honoring qualifications. Did you know that? Specific God-honoring qualifications. In fact, what we just saw in the last passage was full of the spirit and wisdom. But God-honoring qualifications. This section actually enumerates a little bit more about deacons. It says, deacons likewise. Why does it say that? Well, because in verses 1 through 7, it was talking about elders, right? And uh, it's talking about the elders and giving some specific requirements. And then in verse 7, it says, Moreover, the elder, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into a snare of the devil. Likewise, now deacons. Okay? Let's make sure we understand this is a spiritual role within the church. It is not just a physical role. Everybody just say, not just physical. It is not just a physical role. It is a physical role, but it's more than that. This is a spiritual role helping lead and take care of, helping to make disciples in this place. And uh, there's high responsibility in it. Deacons, likewise, must be, now here's the list, dignified, okay? And uh, that word literally just means uh, worthy of deep respect. And uh, we saw it at the end of verse 7 there in the elders where it talks about even outsiders just understanding who this person is and how they carry themselves in their business, and their family, and their home, in the area, in the neighborhood, and they're well-respected, dignified, okay? Uh, it says, not double-tongued. Some of yours may say, not gossips. Some may say, not slanderers. Just so you know, in the original language, the word, we'll just break it down. We don't do this often, but just so you understand why. The word goes, di, D-I, like two, right, in the Greek, di-lagos, two words, okay, so don't be two-worded. And so that can mean a couple of things. That, that often was used to mean don't repeat stuff. That's where the gossiping thing comes from, right? Or even slander, repeating things that are lies, right? So that's where that can come from. But it may also mean don't be double-tongued, like saying two different things. You know, you're talking to this guy, and you're like, hey, let me tell you about this, right? Then you come over here, and you're like, now i got to sound cool to this guy, so I'm going to change what I say. And, hey, now this is true. And we're changing who we are based on who we're with, double-tongued. And uh, whatever it means, it definitely means this. And Don't be using your tongue to make much of you. Use your tongue to make much of Christ. Okay? That's what's being said here. And the deacon required to do that, that's not just deacons. That's all of us. Let's not use our tongue to celebrate self. Let's use our tongue to celebrate Jesus Christ and him glorified. All of God's people said, amen Amen to that. And uh, dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine. And uh, please note, Scripture does not say don't ever touch wine. It doesn't say that. What it says instead is don't be drunk with wine, Ephesians 5, right? We have to be careful with that. I'm just going to tell you that while that is the truth, there's still choice to be made of should I maybe never drink at all? And uh, just so you know, pastoral staff, we've made a very clear position that we're not touching alcohol. And uh, why is that? Because we're working with people all the time that are in all kinds of stages of life. And I'm just telling you, we're with you, okay? And if you need to not be drinking alcohol, we're with you. And uh, that's where we stand. And uh, you might need to be making a stand like that. Maybe you've got friends or family or relationship where you just need to be staying away a ton or even completely with abstaining. Here, notice the clarity of it. It's not saying don't ever have it, but it is saying don't be addicted to much. It's saying, man, you better not be leaning on the alcohol. That's going to be a destruction element. Don't be there. Every deacon has to be in a spot where they're fully capable of setting that aside, and it's not going to be dragging them down. Understand? That's a big deal difference. Some people want to come in and just put the law down on this and lay it out, and be careful. Let's not go beyond what Scripture says but let's make sure we catch the spirit of what it's saying, too. Why not addicted to wine? Because it can be a train wreck in the home, and uh, we get that, all right? Okay, not greedy for dishonest gain. Not greedy for dishonest gain. You know, where, quite frankly, every single moment is the opportunity to get your name up in lights, to network self, to run a job where you can make some things, to get something for you because it'll make your life easier or more fun right? This isn't about trying to get ahead and being able to say, did you see my name up in lights this week? And uh, it's not that. Everybody say not that. It's not that, all right? It's a humble approach towards serving their king, not about dishonest or selfish, greedy gain. It says they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. The mystery of the faith. Literally, it means Man, you grasp who Jesus Christ is. Okay, the mystery of the faith was this, that for eons before there were prophets speaking of a coming Messiah, Savior. There was going to be a solution. God has it in hand. What is it? We don't know, man, that's a mystery. And then Christ comes. And now they are holding the mystery of this faith that Jesus Christ is. Is King of Kings. He is Messiah, Savior. He is my God, and I worship him and I celebrate him, and he is in charge in my life. They hold that mystery of the faith with extreme respect, with clear conscience. I know why Christ went to the cross, and I know why he rose from the dead. It was for my sin. It was for our sin. And I'm certainly not going to go live now in the sin that he died for. With a clear conscience literally means setting down the sin, confessing it regularly, and calling for the Lord to transform you in those areas where it's needed. Lord, change me. Change me that I might be more like you. May you be glorified. Clear conscience. Not I'm going to live it for myself and in sin, but I'm going to hand it over to you that you might be honored, okay? Man, on fire for Jesus Christ, done with sin, repenting, if you will, use that word, turn away, done with the sin, running with my Savior. These are the requirements of a deacon. So when we're talking about a deacon of greeting, it's not just he knows how to shake a hand, he knows how to smile. By the way, those are nice things for a deacon of greeting. But the requirements from a character perspective, right, dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain, holding the mystery of faith with a clear conscience, Uh, doesn't mean perfect. Everybody say not perfect, right? Deacons are human beings as are pastors and elders, right? We're all human beings and we do struggle with sin, every single one of us, but with a clear conscience means recognize it, confess it, and get on with it before your God, all right? Get real with your sin. May God be glorified. And uh, it says, and let them also be tested first. There's a good plan. Like, hey, here's what we don't do. Just grab a bunch of guys, throw them into key lead positions, and hope for the best. Like, that's a bad plan, okay? And, And so the goal instead is testing them, getting them into a position where they have a chance to serve and basically grow into that position where you can see their family living and growing in that position, being able to say, Lord, is this who you have for such a time as this? And watching them literally be able to do well, both with their role, with their attitude, with their walk, with their family, with others around them, that God might be glorified. All right? That's what it looks like. And attested well. This does not mean that uh, there's some sort of judgment from on top as everybody's sitting there evaluating and looking around. It's not that. It's, man, we're looking for that success moment where God is just firing somebody up and they're doing so well as they care for people. May we celebrate that in the midst. Okay? And uh, they may, that they may be tested. It says, let them then serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. If they prove themselves blameless. And... Uh, again, we have to be really careful with that word. Not perfect. Yes, forgiven. They manage mistakes well with class, with dignity, with honor to Jesus Christ, and they also lead with very few of those. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not looking for the bozo who can always constantly say, I'm sorry. Let's just be real, okay? We're going to need somebody who's able to handle the situations and do well with them, but at the same time, not perfect either. We all get that, right? And uh, So I just wrote these three words down. Uh, Not distracted, not destructive, not divisive. This is a huge deal. When you start looking at leading blamelessly. Not distracted, not destructive, not divisive. And if you're looking for some area to go after in your life, maybe you look at those three words and say, Lord, what could I go after here? How can I take some of these biblical words that a deacon needs to be and be sharpening some of this in my life for your honor and glory. Okay? Proves themselves blameless. All right. So an illustration. There's this young guy. He was in his early 20s. He was trying to make some uh, money and uh, wanted to be able to work, but he lived out in the Rural areas. And uh, this actually was how my grandfather and great grandfather survived for about a decade of their lives. He wanted to work as a farmhand. And uh, so he wanted to get out there working daily with the farmer. He'd live on site at their house. He'd eat meals with them, but he would take care of their house, kind of like a grown adult living in the home, caring for the place, all right? A farmhand. And so this farmer was looking to hire one, and the kid came in to interview for it. And as they're talking, he loved the kid's personality. He had this great temperament and a ton of smiles and laughs and sweet and respectful. And uh, he said, just tell me one thing. I'm going to break it down one sentence. You tell me why I should hire you. The kid's statement was, I sleep when the wind blows. And the farmer's like, oh. And so they said, okay. Okay. They stepped away and they're talking. He's like, what do you think, hon? And his wife's like, I I really like him. She goes, I just don't know what that last phrase means. And he's like, I don't either. I have no idea what to do with that. She's like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, let's just give him a chance and we'll see. We'll tell him he's kind of working on probation. And so they came back in, and they're like, look, let's just do this on a trial. We'll see how it goes, and let's uh, get you involved. You can start working with us. And so day after day, they'd work together, and he just did a phenomenal job working with the farmer, getting stuff done. And a couple weeks went by, and it turned out one of these huge storms blows in. I mean, massive weather. wakes wakes the farmer up about two in the morning. He jumps up, wakes his wife up. They start running around the house, checking things. The first thing they do is they run to the windows. Get those shutters, man. Get them locked. And well, they were already locked. Uh, The farmhand had gotten them locked. All right, get over to the door. Get some firewood from outside. Make sure it doesn't get wet. And firewood was already stacked inside the door and ready to rock. Farmhand had gotten it. So they ran outside. They're like, get the farm tools in the... Well, the farm tools were all put away into the barn already. Get the animals in! And well, they were already in too, and the doors were closed, and everything was locked, and everything was taken care of. As they came back in, and the rain had drenched them, and they closed the door inside the house and shook it off, and took off the coats and boots, they walked over and opened the door to check on the farmhand, and he was asleep while the wind blew. It means you are well prepared and you work ahead thinking about the things that could happen, the storms that may come, and you are prepped. You can sleep while the wind blows. I'm telling you, that's the call of a deacon. Not to wait until the crisis hits and then try to handle the crisis in the middle of the crisis. Yes, we have crises, but may we handle them calmly and at ease because we have thought it through, prayed it through, talked it out. We've got a plan. Now let's execute. That's what it is to be helping lead in this church around here all right deaconship there's a huge number of specific qualifications that they have and we're longing to see men of God step up to certain positions in this church and be able to take those lead spots as they serve and model in the midst simple challenge to you same one as the first point. point first will you pray for those deacons Pray for our guys who are committed to those positions, that they might see ahead the issues they need to work on, that they might be prepared for the storms coming, that they might wisely handle the situations, and that we all together with a calm and a peace might constantly be worshiping our God no matter what comes on a Sunday morning. And all of God's people said, that's what we're calling for. Will you pray for that? And then number two, What needs to change in your life that you could be heading towards these qualifications that God might be glorified? What needs to be adjusted that you might make much of your king? All right? Number three. The family of a deacon must also meet specific God-honoring qualifications. The family of a deacon must also meet specific God-honoring qualifications. And uh, it says here, their wives likewise must be dignified Uh, Not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. So the wife of a deacon, yes, must also be dignified. Remember, drawing respect from, right? And so people understand who they are and and, uh, they love to laugh and they love to smile with you. They'll pray with you. They'll talk with you. They're a sweet person. They honor God in the midst, okay? And uh, yes, dignified in the midst of how they handle their life and those around them. Not slanderers, misuse of the tongue again, right? And and I'm telling you, our tongue can be a destructive force, and uh, families need to be watching out for this, and a deacon's family have that in mind. Uh, Not slanderers, but sober-minded. Okay, and sober, we've heard that word before. The opposite of sober is drunk, right? It's like your whole thinking is distorted. You can't possibly see it correctly, and don't be that way. See it clearly. Be able to understand and approach that wisely. Faithful in all things. Not faithful in one thing, not faithful in some things, but faithful in all that God's called them to. And let deacons each be the husband of one wife. And this is where we would say, yeah, a deacon does need to be a man, a husband of one wife. That's the call here. We're following through on what Scripture says. Husband of one wife, what does that mean? Well, clearly it certainly means he doesn't have two wives, right? And so down with polygamy, clear enough, and, uh, but it means more than that. It means faithful to her, has a heart for her, caring for her, husband of one wife. But it also does mean this too, not an unbiblical divorce in the background where they blew up a prior marriage and they're now into this one and not that either, okay? And uh, so wisely have managed their relationships. Please notice I said unbiblical divorce. And uh, so we have to be very careful with that. If a man has been a victim of a spouse who has gone through some kind of extramarital affair, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? But an unbiblical divorce where he just walked away because he just said, I'm done. And uh, that's not what we'd be looking for in this role, all right? Scripture pretty clear on it. We just walk through what it says. Let each be the uh, husband of one wife, managing the children and their household well. Like the house has to be in order, man. And uh, they've got to be parenting the home, all right? I see a lot of parents nowadays who are kind of in this mode. Um, Whatever. We'll let it ride. We'll see what happens. And just so you know, that usually doesn't play well. You know that, right? And uh, so be careful with that, parents. And uh, they may not like me if I lean in on them right now. And um, that might be the best move for the moment, okay? Parenting in a tough spot and leaning in in those tough spots. Uh, I once had a My senior pastor up at uh, Naperville said, look, our goal is to make sure that they're friends with us in the next five years, not in the next five minutes. We were speaking to handling things within the church, but that goes for our home as well. And uh, be careful. Don't sell out for friendship and lose control in the home. All right? Watch out for that. And uh, All right. He says, household in order, for those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also a great confidence in their faith that is in Christ Jesus. They gain a good standing, yes, with other human beings, with other people, yes, with their God. There is something that is of value in serving as a deacon. There is. But more than that, it says great confidence in their faith. I'm telling you, when you start serving your God and you see him doing amazing works in this body, it is a blast to be a part of. And uh, we were in the, third, the fourth song here as we were closing out and I just started tearing up as I was remembering back to the kids singing that song out loud with all they've got, hand motions involved and it's just amazing to be a part of ministry and uh, there's a privilege of being a part of it and yeah, a part of being deaconship as well. All right? So, all that being said, that's deaconship. That's one of our roles here. So we have elders, We have deacons. Those are the two governing roles within the church. The elders, they lead in doctrine, discipline, and direction. And the deacons, they lead in the tasks that we have going on. Both parties fully and deeply invested into making disciples. Okay? That's where we're at. And uh, so, that being said, I just wanted to introduce to you some changes we're going to be making in deaconship. And, uh, huh, isn't it weird how that worked out? So, uh. Let's just throw a couple picks up first. Let's throw the elder picks up just so you've seen this. So these are our elders. And... uh Myself and Kent Smith were both on the pastoral staff, which, by the way, that's uh, when you see in Scripture, it talks about elders who um, maybe teach or lead well, and there's some payment that goes on in that. That was kind of the start of pastoral staff, all right? So we see that in Scripture as a lead as well. We've got myself and Kent on the staff. We're both uh, paid staff as well as on the elder board. Steve Belzer is our chairman, and... uh, You'll see him up here in a second as well, praying. Nick Brazes, John Kriekmer, Steve Hutton, and Phil King. This group of seven guys, I'm telling you, we go to war praying for this body, leading this body. I love serving with these guys. They have a phenomenal heart for Jesus Christ. There is such a sweet, genuine unity for God being glorified with these guys, and praise God for them. We've got some awesome elders, all right? And I love it, love serving with them. That's our elders, deacons. So here's our deacons. Uh, Tim Zobrist, he is the uh, deacon of parking. And uh, so that's the guy you can thank constantly for all that's going so well out there in the parking lot and love what they do. Come rain or come shine. Tim is also going to be taking on the chairman of the deacons as of today. All right. So just so you know, he'll be taking over the deacon board. Uh, Joe, we'll talk about in just a little bit, but Joe is going to be installed today. Joe has been leading in our uh, greeter realm for a number of years and done a phenomenal job with that and uh, has just really led strongly in that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec. Jeff uh, Klopfenstein is a a medical doctor in the community. He is also watching over our medical here and he's the deacon of medical. We have a great team on that and uh, teams at each uh, service that watch over the medical needs of this place And then uh, Craig Loomis is our deacon of finance, brings the CFO mindset, that CPA mindset, gets the clarity to finance, keeps us really solid and tight. I'm just telling you, when we went for a loan to the bank, the statement was something along the lines of, this could be one of the best uh, financial reports we've seen turned in by any church anywhere. And uh, you can thank Craig for that, and uh, just a phenomenal mind when it comes to the finance. And Steve Sturhan, our deacon of benevolence. So I'm going to ask our deacons and elders that are in this service to uh, come on up. And uh, we're going to install Joe here. Why don't we have our deacons and elders come on up? Yeah, thanks, baby. I should give that to Steve Belzer when he comes. Bob, why don't you come on up front here for a sec? So this is Bob Musselman, and Bob has served as a deacon with us over the last uh, number of years here. Bob's been over the Welcome Center as well as communion and baptism and just helping out all over the place. Bob's going to be uh, stepping down. Is it fair to use the word retirement? Is that a fair? Yeah, he's stepping back a little bit in the realms of life. There's going to be some uh, more time spent in Florida, and Bob's excited to be doing that with family, and thumbs up on that one. And uh, yeah, praise God. Love you, Bob. Yeah, so Bob's still with us, and he'll be uh, uh, serving here a ton. You'll see him serving as an usher over here on the side, uh, handing out things here and there. And just appreciate you, man. Love that all you've done for us and with us. And it's been great to serve with you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And uh, Tim. Why don't you step up too? I don't know that you knew I was going to do this, but I'm doing this. So Tim is stepping up as chairman of the deacons. He will be running the deacon board. And uh, Tim just has done a phenomenal job building leadership, unity, camaraderie, smiles in the midst of 50 mile an hour winds and all the rest out there. And just love how you've led with that and uh, excited to see what God's going to be doing with you and through you on this board as uh, you take that responsibility over. So appreciate you, man. All right. And uh, where's Joe? There's Joe. All right. So Joe, Joe has uh, been serving a ton for us in the realm of greeter and uh, has just done a great job getting a bunch of smiling individuals rallied together at 820, praying together, and a celebratory. I'm just telling you, I have heard so many times over that walking into this church, there is just something going on. There's an excitement about Christ, and uh, a lot of that is you guys and your excitement for Christ And a lot of that is Joe and his uh, team of greeters, so appreciate all that you guys do. Both at the 9 and the 11, Joe will now be taking over greeters, as well as then watching over ushers and Welcome Center and a couple other pieces there too. So, love you, man. Great to have you step up. You and Gina, your wife, just a sweet family as well. And uh, love all that's going on with you guys. Great to see what God's doing. All right, so here's what I'm going to ask. Why don't we have you stand in the middle, and we'll have everybody come on in and lay hands on and uh, Steve Belzer, our head elder, will pray, and then I will pray to close it here.
1: Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, now for raising up these men as deacons, uh, Lord, with men that have humble servant hearts, uh, Lord, men who have modeled faithfulness and a joyful spirit over time, Lord. They've been proven uh, as they serve, Lord. We pray that each of these men will lead well, Lord, by serving well, uh, with their volunteers. Uh, we just want to pray now, Lord, for each of uh, these families, uh, for the wives and children involved, Lord. Uh, we just pray that the wives will be strong models and supporters of uh, their husbands in this role. And Lord, we just continue that, uh, to pray that uh, there will be a strong provision, a protection of these families by you, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just pray now that you will help these men, uh, each of them in their roles, Lord, to Uh, go after this, uh, the physical task, Lord, involved with their uh, roles, uh, with excellence, uh, to do the job well, Lord. Uh, But we just pray, Lord, that in the midst of this, uh, that they will have such a strong, clear focus on doing more than that, Lord, of focusing uh, on building stronger disciples, uh, stronger Christ followers, Lord, uh, with the goal of them being all in for you, Lord, uh, that as they serve, Lord, that it will be so apparent that they have such a strong love in their walk with you. So again, Lord, we just pray that uh, you will bless these men uh, as they step forward, uh, as they, for Joe as he uh, steps into this role, for Tim as he takes over some new responsibilities, Lord, but for each of these men, uh, just bless them as they serve you well.
0: Lord, we thank you for your church, that we have the privilege of being called out to worship you, to glorify you. Lord, may we lift you up as King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I thank you for Joe, for Gina, and for their family. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to give them an amazing insight to you, a passion to serve you with joy. And uh, Lord, just with excitement of seeing all that you're going to do, yes, through the volunteers as they rally them, yes, through each person that's walking through the door. Lord, I thank you for Joe's unbelievable dedication over these past years and his willingness to be able to serve you. Thank you that this is a dignified family on fire for you. Lord, we now lift them up. We celebrate them. We commission them before you. And we're in awe of all that you're doing as you prepare this church. Thank you for each man in eldership and in deaconship. Thank you for this pastoral staff. Lord, thank you for every volunteer in this church that makes this place rock for you. May you truly be celebrated. It's in your mighty name we pray these things. And all of God's people said, "Amen, amen." Thanks, man. Hey, Joe. Thank you. Love you, bro. Here you go. As these guys fade here, we're just going to go to a prayer piece. I'm just going to ask you to stand. Man, God's doing something in this church. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know him as Savior? Are you willing to serve him wholeheartedly? Are you willing to go after him with all joy and make much of your king? May your God be glorified as you serve him and say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Simple question, what needs to change in you that you may serve him all the more? May your God be made king. Let me just pray. Lord, your joy, may it be made complete as our joy truly uh, just pouring over as we serve you, your will and your way. Thank you for each man represented here, each family represented here. And now, Lord, thank you for each person in this body. May we truly commit our lives to you. We love you. We're in awe of you. And we praise you. It's in your mighty name I pray these things. And all of God's people said,